Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a bald ego, bald, bald ego, a bald eagle doing a barrel roll. We just don't know which way is up. Today on the show, we're talking about the recent Seattle plane thief and mania, um, essentially talking about what he was going through. If you've read some of the transcripts of this recent event, it was a mechanic who stole a plane out of Seattle airport and... Um, took the plane, there were no passengers and just started doing barrel rolls. And he was having a conversation with air traffic control. And, um, it, it, it really became a conversation that was mixed with mania and showed some pretty heavy signs of depression and a lot of the things he was going through. So, uh, we relate that to mania and what I've gone through in some situations I've literally, walked in front of a bus at some point in my life. So we talk about that a little bit. And uh, so it's a little bit of a heavy episode. Uh, it's pretty sad when we talk about this scenario, but um, you know, this is life. And uh, so we're going to talk about some real stuff here. So stay tuned, hang on tight, hold on to something. Cause this is going to be a big one. So uh, I'm going to click the button. We're going to listen to some music and then talk about the thing. Okay. All right. What up, dudes? Welcome to another episode of Dopamine. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about this recent uh, tragedy that happened. Um, I think it was Saturday. Um, I think it was like Friday night, actually, where uh, there was a man, a mechanic at a Seattle airport who stole a plane a full-on giant passenger plane. There were no passengers in the plane, but he stole the plane, got it off the ground, flew it around for a little while, and then crashed it and essentially ended his own life. Um, and on the surface, it looks like kind of a hijacking story, but it's he stole the plane. It's a little bit different than a hijacking. Hijacking would be passengers and he kind of... Um, more maliciously, I guess you could say, stole the plane. Um, what was interesting about this case was that he was not uh, trying to hurt anyone. He was kind of trying to get a last hurrah before he was essentially ending his life. And um, I don't want to make excuses. I'm not saying it's a good thing what he did, but I think it's important to read between the lines and, and figure out a little bit and learn a little bit more about what actually happened. Uh, essentially this man was in full blown mania and it was a very momentary thing, uh, that he described. There were some transcripts that, uh, that occurred. Uh, I'm actually looking it up now because I didn't prepare for this, but, uh, transcripts, if I can find some of the transcripts from, uh, from, from the conversation that he had while he was in the plane to, with the, uh, traffic controllers, and, um, he was basically what was going on was, uh, as I was starting to learn more about the way he was speaking, he was, um, uh, plain theft. Sorry. Just trying to search while I'm talking. Um, he was essentially trying to find a way to 
kind of release his mania that he was going through. Uh, there was, a, there was a lot of sadness in the transcripts. Uh, and he was talking about how he, he didn't want to bother anyone. He wasn't trying to like ruin anyone's day. He wasn't trying to be malicious. Uh, and, but he wanted to feel this grandiose sense of, of, of awe before he was done. And that is a good description of mania. You sort of get this delusion of grandeur, grandeur, think you can do anything. And, um, you're not really doing anything mean spirited, but your brain just tells you like, this is a good idea. Go do it. And essentially he had decided that this was the way that he wanted to do it. And for me, in my history, I've had situations where I have nearly, uh, lost my own life through reckless behavior. And that's another aspect of mania is reckless behavior and getting to the point where you cross a threshold where you can't really come back from it. So um, I'm going to read some of this transcript and then just kind of talk about it a little bit. So there's separate, there's three separate recordings. I'm pulling this off of an MSN article. Um, And the first recording is, so the guy's name is rich and he's talking to the air traffic controller. So, um, he says some gas to go uh, to go check out the Olympics and uh, yeah. So actually, what, what, uh, let's read a little context before we can jump into this. So, uh, an audio obtained by the Seattle Times: the 29-year-old man is called Rich by air traffic controllers at SeaTac International Airport. Pierce County Police said the man was suicidal and there was no connection to terrorism. He did something foolish and may well have paid with his life. Sheriff Paul Pastor said. Um, oh, I don't know if he died. I, I guess they didn't find his body, so. Um, they can't say that he died, but uh, I think it's safe to assume that he did. So anyway, this is the first recording. Um, some gas to go check out the Olympics. And uh, yeah, um, air traffic controller says, okay, and Rich, do you know, are you able to tell what altitude you're at? Uh, plane attempts to slow, fast moving, holy fire raging across California mountains. Uh, yeah, that's all mumbo. Uh, I have... I have no idea what all that means. I wouldn't know how to punch it in. Uh, I'm off autopilot. Um, he says, are you taking me to the jets? He says, no, I'm going, I'm not taking you to any jets. I'm actually keeping you away from aircraft that you are trying to land at SeaTac. Uh, Rich says, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to screw with that. I'm, I'm glad you're not, you know, screwing up everyone else's day on account of me. Uh, ATC says, can we just shut down? Rich says, I'm down to 2100. I started like 30 something. Uh, ATC, Rich, you said you had 20 to 2,100 pounds of fuel left. Uh, Rich says, yeah, I don't know what that burnage burnout is like on takeout on takeoff, but yeah, it's, it's burned quite a bit faster than I expected. Rich says, oh man, those guys are, those guys would rough me up if I tried landing that. I think I might mess something up there too. I wouldn't want to do that. I'll hopefully, oh, uh, they probably got into aircraft, um, ATC says, no, they don't have any of that stuff. We're just trying to find a place for you to land safely. So uh, interestingly enough, he says that he doesn't want to land at the airport because he doesn't want to screw anything up. Uh, Rich says, yeah, I'm not quite ready to bring down ju- bring it down just yet, but holy smokes, I've got to stop looking at the fuel because it's going down quick. ATC says, ATC says okay, Rich, if you could, uh, could you start a left-hand turn and we'll take you down to the su- southeast, please? Rich says, it's probably like jail time for life, huh? I mean, I would hope it's for it is for a guy like me. ATC says, "Well, Rich, we're not going to worry about to worry or think about that, but could you start a left-hand turn, please?" The second recording, they said, "Hey, uh, Rich says, "Hey, you think if I land this thing successfully, would you give me a job as a pilot?" ATC says, "You know, I think they would give you a job doing anything if you could pull this off." Rich says, "Yeah, right. Nah, I'm a white guy. 
dot, dot, dot. I don't know what that means. But uh, third recording, ATC says, if you wanted to land, probably the best bet is that the runway just ahead. And to your left, again, that it's that's McCore Field. Um, if you wanted to try that, might be the best, best way to set up and see if you can land there. Or just like the pilot suggests, another option would be uh, over uh, Puget Sound into the water. Rich says, dang, you talk to McCord yet? Because I don't think I'd be happy with you telling me I could land like that because I could mess stuff up. ATC says, well, Rich, I already spoke to him. And just like me, what what we want to see uh, is you not get anybody hurt or anyone else from hurt. So like I said, if you want to try to land, that's probably the best place to go. Rich says, hey, uh, I want the coordinates of that orca or, you know, the mama orca with the baby. Uh, I want to go see that guy. Um, so like, this doesn't cover all of the transcripts, but that gives you an idea that like he was actually pointing out a lot of the landscapes. He was saying how beautiful everything was. He was kind of like trying to find this euphoric end to everything. Uh, he asked them if he could do a barrel roll and he ended up doing one and um, uh, pulled that off. There's actually some footage of people who saw him flying the plane. There's this one really, really beautiful, strangely beautiful shot of him doing the barrel roll and then like going towards the water and then pulling up uh, like basically skimming the water. Um, it's kind of badass and <laughs> not to, again, not trying to justify his actions, but, uh, uh, if you're going to go, that's certainly an interesting way to do it. Um, he was talking about how, uh, he was apologizing to his family and friends saying, you know, they're going to be disappointed that I did this. Um, I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm just, and basically saying he's just trying to get, one last hurrah before it's done. So he was like, I'm just going to try to do a barrel roll and then I'll bring this thing down. And, um, he had no intention of landing it seemed. And, um, <clears throat> certainly is a tragedy by, by any means. So, um, the frustrating thing that I want to avoid is anyone feeling like he was inconveniencing people or trying to do this out of like harm in any kind of way. Uh, he was trying to not hurt anyone, not trying to, um, it wasn't really a conscious thing. You know, mania can make you susceptible to impulsiveness and reckless recklessness. And he saw the opportunity and he did it and he took it. It's probably something he thought about or joked about in his past. And then in a bout of mania, he just did it. And that's sometimes that's what happens. You, come up with a decision to do it. And you just did it. When I was younger in my twenties, I was drinking with some friends, but I was also dealing with mania and there was a bus coming and I decided to just turn and started walking into the path of the bus. Uh, a friend of mine pulled me back. Luckily they were behind me and saw me do that. But, um, I was essentially not thinking and I just went for it. That, like, that's just what I wanted to do in that moment. I was like on autopilot and just wanted to end my life. So it's a really scary thing to be in mania. Uh, and it's really hard to describe. It's you're not incapable, but you feel this sense of euphoria. Like anything that you do is going to be fine. Like anything that like you will, even that you'll survive maybe. And he may have thought that like he would just take the plane and everything would be fine. But I think when he was up in the air, he started to come to grips with uh, mortality because it was kind of like a slow burn essentially. But he was also realizing through a lot of the transcripts that, uh, um, you know, he was, he was saying that, uh, I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm just a messed up guy with some issues. Um, and I didn't realize it until today and something gave him a psychotic break essentially. 
and uh, he decided to take the plane and end his life, which is again incredibly sad. Uh, but it, it's it's a good example, unfortunately, of how mania can creep up on you if you're not uh, uh, being aware of the symptoms of the signs of of you know going to speak to a therapist, even if you think everything's okay, to just check up and make sure you're fine. Um, to talk to people, talk to your friends, to let everyone know what's going on in your world. And you're not inconveniencing anyone by saying what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're going through. Uh, and, and there's always people there to help the, with you. So some way, somehow, even if you have to pay someone, there's always someone there to help you. So, uh, it's really sad. Uh, and strangely, you know, uh, you know, he, he got to experience some beautiful, unique things before he passed, but, that's no way to go. That's no way for anyone to go without having the opportunity to get some help. Um, mania can feel maddening. Uh, it can feel, you know, I was, I was, I'm, I kind of feel like I start to deal with it sometimes and, and talk myself down when I start to feel like I, I'm overselling myself that I feel like I can do take on the world and do so many things. Uh, it can be really, really frustrating. And sometimes I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to go out into the world. I don't trust myself to drive. Like sometimes I'll be, I'll be driving and I'll just have the urge to want to just like drive into the median. Uh, it's, it sounds insane, but when you're in this moment, there's no rationale. Uh, I, so I've had moments like that. I don't like to stand near ledges, um, which is another <clears throat> episode. Something I want to talk about in the future is the call of the void something I need to do a little bit of research on first to talk about, but um, I've certainly felt it, which is this, this you're standing on the ledge and you feel this natural urge to jump. Like I don't trust myself to be near an edge of any kind because it just takes one moment. Uh, in this case, it took him those moments of, of deciding to do it and he did it. And he was the second he was in the air, he was, he was dead essentially. Uh, unless he found a way to land the thing. But even then his life would have been over. Like he would have gone to jail and had to go through a lot of things. Um, so that was a very life altering moment. And sometimes those moment to moment things are what is scary about mania and sometimes depression too. Um, Cause any, any one decision like that changes everything. So it is, it is genuinely really scary. Um, and, and just to kind of give you a glimpse of what it's like and what it's, what's going on. So, um, you know, I, I would encourage you to check out some of the Reddit threads. If you're interested in the story, uh, there are a lot of, there are some pilots in the, in the, um, in the comments rather who speak about the, um, the ability to get a plane in the air. He was a mechanic, so he knew the startup procedures and knew how to get it up, but landing is hard. And, um, all of the, the logistics there. Um, there are some more transcripts and a lot of really great sympathetic conversation about what the man was going through. Um, I, I think it's easy to condemn someone for doing something seemingly so crazy, but it was obvious he was going through some, some difficulties and didn't feel like he had access to help. And that's again, why we do this show, why uh, we, we have to, be open to helping each other and being compassionate, compassionate and realizing that there are options and, and learning more about ourselves and learning about more about each other to continue to grow and change and uh, try to be better people. You know, me feeling this semblance of bipolar disorder is not something that's going to go away, 
but it's something that I can be aware of and something that I can continue to uh, develop as I grow as a person. So uh, I just wanted to share how that story connected to me. And I, I certainly felt the weight of it. I, I have felt the heaviness I felt for him. I felt empathy in that moment, which is not something I feel very often, to be honest, um, emotional empathy. But I, I understood completely what was going through his mind and that decision that was made. And he crossed the threshold and he was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to make the best of it. And then it's done. So uh, it's it's incredibly sad. It's one life, but it's a good lesson to take with us to learn a little bit more about what, what's going on in other people's lives and to realize that we're not alone. So um, a little bit of a heavier episode, <clears throat> but I think it's important. And um, I hope you got something out of it. So if you have any questions, you can leave a voice message here on anchor or hit me up at let's go see note on all my social channels or go to uh, patreon.com slash dopamine to leave uh, some support and uh, go to cnote.media to check out the courses that I have available. So with that, um, if you please subscribe to the show if you like what you heard, and uh, share this episode with a friend if you would like, and um, just you know let's start a conversation. So with that, uh, take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.